spreading Cajun across the nation, pushing the brand across the land. Welcome to Ragin' Review, made by the fans for the fans. Nation, welcome into Raging Review. Matt Miguez here. The NFL draft is almost 24 hours away. Very exciting time in Cajun Nation as there are potentially seven players from Louisiana that could fall in the in the NFL draft. Jerry A. Bears here to talk it down with me. Jerry, what's up, man? We get to talk sports. Yeah, no, no kidding. We get to talk sports, something, anything. When you know, look, when, well, I mean, when you know that, um, when 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 everybody's talking about uh, that ten part series about the Chicago Bulls, the Last Dance. And don't get me wrong, I grew up watching the '90s Bulls, but when that is like the big talk of sports, is a sports documentary on ESPN. It just goes to show you the 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 the, the competitive withdrawal that all of sports fans have have had over the past month. So As, any any type of sporting event is a good event, and I'm sure the NFL draft this time around, not just because of who's getting drafted or just because there is a draft, but also the logistics behind it and how it's going to be operated this time. Uh, I'm sure there's a lot of high expectations as well as uh, just excitement that we can just sit here and talk sports. Right, right. Uh, you know, to, to your point, I think the last dance would have been you know, towards the top of most people's list, regardless of the time of year or what was happening. But I, I do see where you're coming from in the fact that, you know, the the competitive level of sports is so depleted right now that everybody's, you know, popping popcorn and having parties for a documentary. Yeah, um, it's mean, crazy because I, I think right now, um, I mean, even when this, they had that replay of the Saints Falcons game in 2006, you know, the, the first game back from Katrina, which by the way, I had the privilege of attending. Um, it, yeah, don't rub that in. Well, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, you know, it's, it's it, when, when, when people are watching it that closely and you see former Saints players and fans tweeting about a game, which happened 14 years ago. 14 um, years ago yeah. I mean, it's just, it just goes to show you um, how important sports is in our society. I mean, it really is. And you really appreciate it. I mean, the excitement people had a few weeks ago on social media, because uh, there were an announcement that golf is starting up uh, again, back, uh, up again uh, soon. That, I mean, I don't even watch that much golf and even I'm excited to hear about that, you know? So um, I know this is for future episodes. I'm sure we'll be talking about what's going to happen this fall. Uh, we don't have a direct answer yet. I know there's a lot of talks about uh, how athletic uh, athletic departments, whether it's from all the way from D3 to D1, from the G5 to P5 to, um, you know, from east to west, basically, uh, how, how are they going to to have a plan B if fans can't attend games? 
um, you know, where they're going to find uh, or where they're going to make up for loss, possibly losing a lot of revenue. You know, are fans going to be willing to be able to afford buying tickets um, with everything going on in the economy right now? So, yeah, we're going to be talking a lot about that. But right now, um, we kind of want to talk a little bit about the draft coming up because um, for the first time in a long time, uh, quite a few potential Cajuns have a chance of ending up on an NFL roster, some of which can be announced as early as tomorrow night during this draft. Yeah, um, you know, the, like we said in the open, there's potentially seven Cajuns that can fall off, that can come, that can enter the NFL in this draft process, and they are Robert Hunt, Kevin Dotson, Raymond Calais, Jamarcus Bradley, Michael Jaquette, and Jacques Boudreau. Did I miss anybody? I think that was seven. That was, I think that's pretty much it for right now. Um, that's, that's, and I mean, the, oh, Nick Ralston. Nick Ralston, and, and don't forget Stevie Arteague. Yeah, Stevie Arteague. So there's potentially eight. Nine, really. Who's your ninth? Oh, I think you said, I think, well, you said seven, then you named, yep. oh, you added Nick Ralston in the mix. Never yeah, heard. Ralston was the seven. Okay, okay. So eight, yeah, that's. Yep. Um, and, you know, before we dive into the Cajuns real quickly, you know, obviously being being diehard Cajun fans, we live in Louisiana. I, I quickly want to hear your prediction. Who do you think the Saints should go after? Man, I'm hearing a lot of people throwing Jordan Love's name out. Yes. Um, Jordan Love. You know, I know they just signed a receiver. Well, I mean, Emmanuel Sanders, that's as good as it gets. Um, It's a tough call. It's a tough call. You know, I'm hearing, I mean, I'm hearing, you know, our friends from the East, even the guy like Justin Jefferson's name is being thrown out. Um, yeah. I wouldn't mind which one I, of the cases. I would complain. I w- I'd like to see, I'd like to see Robert Hunt's, uh, I'd like to see Robert. I'd like to see a guy like Robert Hunt or Kevin Dotson on the Saints offensive line. I think they'll add a lot of uh, a lot of um, meat to that offensive line. I mean, they already have a good offensive line as it is, but adding adding those two uh, weapons would be amazing. And I'd also like to see uh, Raymond Colley in the black and gold as a return specialist as well. So um, don't get me wrong. Any Cajun that lands on the Saints roster, I'll be I'll be uh, ecstatic. Um, but right now, I know the big talk is whether or not who, you know, I know Taysom Hill is kind of the the um, the heir apparent to Drew Brees, but but I'm hearing Jordan Love's name being thrown out uh, quite often. And of course, uh, coming from Utah State, he's a uh, he's a G5 quarterback. He's got some he's got some skills, got some ability. Um, but I'll be the first one to tell you, I really don't know much about him. Um, hadn't really had the chance to watch much Utah State football. But uh, I don't know. I, I don't know. Um, the past few years, the, the, the first round picks have been pretty, pretty solid for the Saints. So I trust um, Mickey Loomis's and Sean Payton's judgment on that. Yeah, no, for sure. I, I think my personal opinion, I think Jordan Love is the clear and cut choice for the Saints. Um, because what you can do is you, you put him on the bench behind Drew for a year and potentially maybe even two, depending on what Drew decides to do over the next two years. And then he's he's your guy at that point. Um, so I mean, I think that there's a lot of 
a lot of upside to Jordan Love's game. I think there's a lot of things to like about his game. Clearly, just I mean, just like any player, there's plenty of things he needs to work on. Um, but like I said, I, I think Jordan Love is the is the clear cut pick at number twenty four for the New Orleans Saints. All right, Jerry, let's let's forget about that. Let's dive into the Cajuns now. Let's start with Robert Hunt. You know, he's the he's the talked about guy coming out of Louisiana. You know, new, uh, the NFL did a little My Journey documentary on him, posted it on all their social media channels yesterday. He's projected to be a second-round draft pick. Do you agree with that? Do you think he goes higher, lower? What do you think? Well, I mean, logistically speaking, it all depends on teams trading up. It depends on what trend started. I know there was speculation today that the Miami Dolphins were thinking about trading up for an offensive lineman. And if that's the case, you start seeing uh, some teams kind of make some quick decisions and they start, it starts following a trend. If that's the case, that can actually help his cause. Um, but anywhere in the top three rounds for Robert Hunt, to me, anything below that would be disappointing. Uh, I think he brings everything that is asked of him or asked of an offensive lineman uh, to the table. Um, I, I mean, I would hope that he would be a top three pick or top, sorry, a top three round round pick, but uh, the higher, the better, right? I mean, we want, we want to make sure these guys not only get picked, but the higher you get picked, the more you get paid and the more well-known you become and the more respect you get and you earn. But uh, I think I could see him going in the second or third round. Uh, would it be awesome if he were uh, bottom first? Absolutely. But uh, I expect him to go in the top three rounds. And even with his injury, uh, even with the injury that he had, for him to, to come out of that and still be able to have that type of draft, draft stock is truly amazing. Yeah, and a lot of people don't know this. If he ends up getting drafted in the first round, he would be the first first round selection for the university. Yeah, I mean we the have highest never had a first round draft pick. The highest draft pick, I believe, was Charles Tillman in two thousand three. He, he was, was I think third the first pick of the second round. Third pick of the second round, yeah, with the Chicago Bears, and um, I mean even back then that was huge, considering the fact that he had come from a team that really didn't have much success in his four years when he played at Louisiana, but. He did a fantastic job uh, making a name for himself and brought a lot of moxie to that defense. And what's ironic is uh, his senior year, that was uh, Coach Ricky Bustle's first season in 2002. You had Charles Tillman, uh, Peanut Tillman on one side of the ball, and then you had Ike Taylor on on the other, and uh, both of which have played in Super Bowls. They've been all pros. Uh, They both had great careers. Uh, Ike Taylor. Hall of Famers. I mean, Ike Taylor has two Super Bowl rings. Um, played in three Super Bowls, I believe. Peanut played in one. I mean, you know, just imagine that. You know, imagine that for a second. Two players who played on opposite ends of each other as a cornerback and really the, they didn't play for any successful uh, teams uh, while at UL. And then you had guys like Antoine Spann who played safety. He ended up playing for the Patriots for a few years. I believe CeCe Brown played for the uh, Houston Texans. I mean, they had some they had some guys in the secondary back in the day uh, that had the chance to play for some NFL teams and when, and ironically, they really didn't play, uh, for many successful teams at UL. I mean, Kyrie Saber is another one. Kyrie's played, I believe for the Cincinnati Bengals for a few years. I want to say he played in the CFL. I mean, it's amazing the type of talent that has come through, um, the university of Louisiana, even in spite of some of those off years that they might've had, you know, overall as a team. Yeah, yeah. there, there's no question. 
Um, you know, it, it's always I've always found it interesting when you look at groups like that and a defense that had so much talent but didn't do a whole lot with it. Yeah, no, absolutely. Um, and so to me, I look at what this team has now, and it's not just, you know, you, you look at what the Cajuns have now and the type of talent they have, and it's it's on all sides of the football. I mean, you know, I mentioned Stevie Artigue's name because don't I, I would not be surprised if he gets a few tryouts with a few teams, um, you know. You look at someone like Jacques Boudreaux, he might get a phone call to have a tryout. I mean, you've got a bunch of guys on the other side of the football that have just as much potential as some of these guys who we're talking about uh, getting drafted. Yeah. Um, I mean, we've, uh, you know, so, so it's just a, it's just a, um, it's really just a compliment to the type of athletes that this program has been able to recruit uh, over the years, especially over the past five or six years. Got to give credit to, Former head coach, Coach Mark Hutzpah, he did a great job bringing some of these guys in. Of course, Coach Napier has elevated to a different level, but it's great to see. I mean, when you're when you're here, when we're sitting here talking about three to four to maybe five potential draft picks coming from this team, um, it's just a compliment of the all-around talent that this program has and, and where they're going from here uh, into the future. Yeah, no, there, there's no question. All right, Jerry, Kevin Dotson, he's the next guy on the list. Projected to be a fourth round draft pick. I think that's a little skeptical. I think I think he's more of a third rounder kind of guy. Um what what are your thoughts? First team All American Kevin Dotson. Do you think that's too low, too high? First team All American didn't get get invited to the NFL combine. That was a travesty. I'll be the first one to say that. That was a travesty. How do you how are you a first team all American and not get invited to the combine? That's insane. Um I look at someone like Kevin Dotson, and you know, really what's funny is that he's not the tallest guy, right? He's very stocky, but man, if you look at his film, he's so physical, he's fast, his foot present, his foot speed is amazing. He's well, he really has great feet, but then you just look at the physicality, you look at the way he manhandles defensive linemen, especially uh, linebackers coming from the edge. I mean, he does a fantastic job on the line. Um, and he, and he really, I mean, if you look at his footage this year, I mean, it was, it was some, he had some highlights himself. Um, he, and, he, and he knows how to pancake people really well too. Um, but I, I just, I think he deserves, uh, definitely deserves a, be, to be a third or fourth round pick. I do think that there are teams that see the potential that he has. And I think as a guard and with his foot speed, with his physicality, he's going to, I really think he's one of those players that'll, that'll show, uh, show the NFL scouts that they missed out on him, especially the fact that he didn't get invited to the combine. I mean, there's something they, they, they're they missing with him. And I think he's going to show that with whatever team he lands on because he's got a ton of potential and um, he had a fantastic year this year. You don't, you don't become first team All-American by accident, especially if you come from a G5 program. So um, I think he's got a lot to prove. And uh, he's going to, I think wherever he goes, he's going to play with a chip on his shoulder. And, and I think whatever, whichever team lands him, uh, they'll land, they'll land uh, a, a golden nugget, if you will. Yeah, no, he, he's definitely going to be a steal wherever he ends up. Um, Raymond Calais is our next guy. And, you know, I, I quote the co- former player, former NBA player, NBA coach, and now NBA commentator, Martin Jackson, all the time. Uh, Mark Jackson has this famous saying 
when you know somebody goes up for a crazy dunk or breakaway or whatever, he says, "Mama, there go that man." <laughs> and I've I've kind of had this phrase with Ray. I use it every time he breaks off on one of his electrifying eighty-five yard touchdowns. Um, if you follow us on Twitter, you know what I'm talking about. I anytime I tweeted a Raymond Calais touchdown, I opened the tweet with "Mama, there goes that man." Well, um, I had the privilege of following Raymond since he was a freshman or sophomore at Cecilia when I covered uh, high school football and uh, had the chance to call a few of his games. And, and he's always had that speed. He's always had that potential. He's always had that notoriety, even at a young age. And um, I knew when the, when, when the Cajuns signed him that he was going to be a huge asset to not only the offense but also the special teams. Uh, with his speed. And so, um, you know, since the days of Cecilia, he always had that speed. He always knew how to utilize that speed. And, you know, seeing what he's, you know, it's one thing to see what you do with Cecilia. When you're playing that competition, sometimes you may play a team that may not be as good. But when you're doing that at the collegiate level with the breakaway speed, if you look at some of the runs he made this year, I mean, 80 yard, you know, 70 yard, 60 yard runs that were just, I mean, just, I mean, break through that first and second level of defenders and just just basically scat away from everybody. I mean, NFL teams see that. And that's a huge asset to have when you're looking for a return specialist, when you're looking for guys that can get you upfield. Um, I mean, that's, that's going to be huge for him. I can see him being a great return specialist, uh, kickoffs, punt returns. Somebody's going to pick him up and give him a chance. Um, he ran about, what, a 4-4, I believe. Um, at, was it at the combine or pro day? Yeah. Um, so somebody's going to see, yeah, I mean, somebody's going to see the, uh, somebody's going to see his potential. Somebody's going to see, um, uh, what he brings to the table. And, and I, you know, I don't know if he's going to get drafted per se. Uh, I think if he does get drafted, it'll be somewhere in the later rounds. Um, but if you're looking for a return specialist, I mean, he fits the perfect mold. He's not oh, that tall. He's fast as can be. He knows he's a good scat back. Uh, he can he can beat you. He can beat you on the, uh, up running up the sidelines. Uh, so yeah, I, I mean whoever lands him will, will land a great player because of his speed and because of his agility. And um, yeah, wherever he goes, I, I'd love for the Saints to get him. I think he'd be great um, in the black and gold. But in the NFL, it's one of those things. It doesn't matter where you go as long as you get a shot. So I, yeah. I'm, I'm I'm pulling for Ray Ray. Like I said, I covered him in high school. I watched him grow up and great player, great and and really a great a great kid and, and he's got a lot of potential. He's gonna do some great things. I mean, you, you remember you remember back to his very first game for UL. He sat out most of his freshman year, didn't redshirt. Um first game of his sophomore season, Southeastern was in town. And he runs back two kicks. Yeah. Touchdowns? Yeah. His, his first back. game playing in D1 college football, and he runs two kicks back for a touchdown. Still back a full record to this day. Sure, back-to-back. Back-to-back. Uh, yeah, no, electric, electric return man. Um, reminds me a lot of, like, Evan Hester, Darren Sproles type player. Um, definitely could be used also as, like, a slot receiver, scat back kind of thing, like you said. Um, so, yeah, definitely a lot of upside to Raymond Callaway's game. And you know he put on a show in the in the collegiate bowl down in Pasadena, returning the uh, returning a kick for the touchdown there as well. All right, Jerry Michael Jaquette the third, former wide receiver turned DB, 
a lot of upside with his height and his wingspan. What makes him special to NFL programs? Um, well, first his natural ability. Uh, I had the chance. I remember going to one of the preseason practices. I believe it was last year, maybe, or no, two years ago. Two years ago, he um, he had just moved to cornerback. And I asked him, I was on the sideline talking with him a little bit, kind of chatting with him. You know, hey, how was your offseason? Are you ready for the season? Blah, blah, blah. And I said, uh, you playing receiver this year? He goes, no, they moved me to cornerback. I said, really? Yeah. I said, have you ever played it before? No. Oh, well, how are you adjusted to it? Well, I kind of like it more than I do playing wide receiver. Now, this is a guy who has never played the position before at that point. And he said he enjoyed it playing more than playing wide receiver. Well, you saw his presence this year, and you saw how good he was adjusting to that position. And uh, it gives, I mean, when you have that type of natural ability, it just goes to show you the type of talent you have when you're able to to adjust to something so quickly, and then all of a sudden you 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 you're, you're talking about playing on an NFL an NFL team. Same thing happened with Ike Taylor. Ike Taylor was a third string running back until his senior year. He didn't he barely saw the field, and the times he did play. I mean, he was making a name for himself, but they never played him. Finally, Coach right, Bustle right. comes in. Uh, coach Ricky Bustle comes in as a new head coach in 2002, sees what the guy runs, sees his speed. I was like, man, we got to get you on the field somehow. So they put him at cornerback. All they did was tell him, hey, Ike, don't do anything crazy. You see that receiver? Just cover him and don't let him get behind you. I mean, and within a year, the guy, the guy, and within a year, the guy makes a name for himself. Goes to the combine, I believe, or goes to scout day or pro day, runs a 4-2. The scouts time it, and they're like, there's no way you ran a 4-2. Go do that again. Go to the line. Run another 40. Clocks it. Another 4-2. Before you know it, he's a fourth-round draft pick or fifth-round draft pick with Pittsburgh. Plays over 10 years in the NFL, now has two Super Bowl rings. So, not yeah, saying Michael like, Jacquet. likely going to be a Hall of Famer. Well, not saying Michael Jacquet, you know, I'm, I mean, if he has a career like that, fantastic. But... When you have players that 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 can switch positions on a fly and make a name for themselves and really play a position that they've never played. I mean, the guy never played this position until last season or two years ago. And all of a sudden now he's got a shot to play in the NFL. That's a compliment to what he can do. That's a compliment to his potential. It's a compliment to his skill. And uh, especially with his size at cornerback, I mean, that's, 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 as good, that's as good as it gets. And I think a team... Uh, looking for someone with some size, some height, and uh, a little bit of speed. I mean, he's got he's got what it takes, and um, I know he'll get a tryout somewhere, whether he, whether he's drafted or not. He'll he'll land somewhere as a free agent. Yeah, a guy like my, the his freaky ability just to his his wingspan and just his speed and his uh, his mental aspect of the game is what really sets him apart. In, in my opinion, from, you know, everybody else in in football. Uh, next on the list, Jerry, is Jamarcus Bradley, the human highlight reel. What what is what is special about his game? What makes him different from other receivers? Uh, kind of elaborate on that for me. Plays with a chip on his shoulder. Plays with a chip on his shoulder, wants to uh and he wants to get the ball every time. Um and He's very athletic. He catches everything you throw at him. <laughs> um, 
Yeah, I mean, he's just he's your go-to guy, kind of like the Saints with Michael Thomas, right? He's kind of the go-to guy with the Cajuns' offense last season, and um, he's got the height, he's got the ability, and he's one of those he's one of those guys that were sort of a sleeper receiver. He was under the radar. I remember when uh, the Cajuns played Mississippi State, not in eight, uh, 2019, but 2018 up in Starkville. And I remember the ESPN commentators talking about how he wanted to go uh, make a point and, and play play yeah. the best game he could because he felt that, Ackerman felt that Mississippi State missed out on him. And um, he's one of those type of guys, plays a ch- plays with a chip on his shoulder, and and um, he's got the ability, he's got the physicality, and uh, wherever he goes, I think he'll be great, and, and hopefully somebody takes a chance on him. And, and again, he's another one just like Michael Jacquet. I, I think if he doesn't get drafted, he'll definitely land somewhere as an un- undrafted free agent. Yeah, you know, I want to read this interesting stat to you, and this is referring to the years 2018 and 2019. Only seven players in the country had back-to-back seasons with 10 or more touchdown catches. Jamarcus Bradley was one of them. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, he 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 literally is, his nickname in Cajun country is the human highlight, but he literally is the human highlight reel. My computer wallpaper is still to this day his one-handed sideline catch against Ohio. Wasn't that a great catch? I mean, just a, wasn't just that a great freak, game? Just a freak athletic ability, um, freaky field vision for a receiver, and just a guy. I mean, he's just an asset. No matter what you're looking to do, he can return. He can play in the slot. He can play out wide. There's just there's just so many things that Demarcus Bradley can bring you to to an organization. And then also, as you mentioned, the chip on his shoulder, he can just bring that that swagger, that, you know, kind of mojo, if you will, that can really put an organization into the next level. Sure. Absolutely. I mean, any type of swagger like that is, is good. You bring you bring that energy, and and uh, like I said, he does play with a chip on his shoulder, and I love that about him. I, and I'm, I'm going to miss that about him as well. Well, you know, next, next on the list, we've got two guys left. Um you know, we, we always we always have a saying around here, make fullbacks great again. Um, I think Nick Ralston definitely helped us with that one. Transfer from Arizona State, he obviously came in here with uh, – Billy Napier obviously brought him in from his time at Arizona State. He was just a freak of nature in terms of blocking, even catching out of the backfield. Just a phenomenal asset for, for this program. What can he provide to a – to an organization. Um, he can also play tight end, really. Yeah. Kind of like a Dallas Clark um, when he played for Indianapolis. Very similar. Um, can do both. And uh, he's fast. He's got great hands. He'll lower his shoulder. Kind of like Mike Carney was with the Saints. Remember Mike Carney? Yeah. Um, but I think Nick Ralston has just more – I, I, he's kind of like a tight end built like a fullback. Does that make yeah, sense? Yeah, Ralston has a better receiving ability. Yeah, I mean, absolutely. So I think that's that's what he brings to the table. Um, and I don't know. I'm, I'm curious to see. I mean, look, there's still a lot of NFL teams that use guys like that. So I'm sure he'll bring value somewhere. And, again, another possible chance at a uh, being an undrafted free agent. Yeah, no, definitely. There's, there was a video that he had posted a couple of days ago. Kid was pulling a semi truck. <laughs> That's a good way to train right now. 
Yeah, he was he was stru- he was harnessed to a semi truck, pulling it, <laughs> just nonchalant, just like, yeah, hey, just this looks fun. Let's do this. I could see that with him. He's just one of those type of players to do that. I could totally see that with him. And last but not least, another guy that I could see pulling a semi truck if he really wanted to, Jacques Boudreaux from from Holy Cross High School. Um, had a phenomenal career, was kind of the leader of the defense for the last two years for Louisiana, um, kind of really came into his own this past season. What what sets Jacques, because, you know, the, the linebacker position is really one of those positions where there are a dime a dozen. Yeah. You can always you can always find a good linebacker. What makes Jacques Boudreau special? Well, first of all, his strength. Um and he's kind of built like your typical middle linebacker is built. Um, whether it's his physical ability or just the mental side of how he plays the game. He's just built like a middle linebacker. Um, now, does he have the ability? Does he have the speed for an NFL team? Yeah, that's, you know, maybe. Um, but I think he'll get a tryout. I think for him, he's definitely, he's definitely made a name for himself, especially after last season. I mean, he's, He's improved so much over the past few years, and uh, last year was kind of like a coming out party for him. Uh, I expect him to get at least a few tryouts, um, and I think he'll end up on an NFL roster too. As far as just trying to, you know, uh, see if he can make it through a training camp. You know, uh, I definitely see him getting a few tryouts for sure. Yeah, like you said, this year was really his coming out party. And just his what what I love about Jacques is the way he sees the field. Because man, there were there were so many plays this year where he was going down one gap. He saw the play transition, the mid step, and just cut back to where he needed to be. And that that innate peripheral vision as a middle linebacker is just huge in in today's game. You know, because the NFL is slowly going more to a to a run dominant game again. You know, with the, with these big backs like Christian McCaffrey and Zeke Elliott, to where you know a, a strong middle linebacker like that that can see the field is what a lot of teams are going to be looking for. Right. Right. So, you know, I think I think Jacques coming coming into the draft now is is a huge huge advantage for him. You know, for the for the future, to, like because, like I said, what the what the league is looking for um, nowadays. So that's seven guys that could potentially get drafted for Louisiana. We also mentioned Stevie Arteague. Um, you know, was he's the all-time leader in field goals made for Louisiana, and he was on pace to be one of the best kickers in the country until an ACL injury his sophomore year. Um, you know, you, you know Stevie on a personal level. What what makes him different? What what can help him have a better shot of getting into the NFL? Uh, his perseverance. Um, you know, he had his ups and downs while he was at UL. Um, I know that uh, there were a few years where he just – he had all the potential. He'd make a long kick, then he missed a short field goal, and vice versa. And, and, and a lot of it, um, I mean, I don't know if many people know this, but uh, during a lot of, I mean, quite a few years, I mean, I want to say he switched holders 
like three or four times. So he never had a consistent holder. And um, I know that that was definitely an issue for a while. And then once uh, once he was able to get that settled, right when that happens, he gets hurt and has to sit out a year. And then he finally comes back. And, and early on, he had some trouble trying to get back into, you know, get back into his groove. But um, towards the end of the season, he did a fantastic job. He kind of went, he, he got, he found his, he finally found his niche. He was able to get a little streak going where he was able to make a uh, majority of his field goals, a lot of which, some of which are pretty long. Um, and so I think with him, I mean, look, he's got all of the strength back. I mean, he, there, there's videos of him uh, right now of him kicking 60 yard field goals, 65 yard field goals. Yeah. Yeah. Like it's nothing. So, uh, the main thing for Stevie is uh, just stay healthy and and really just work on his accuracy with and and, not, and I'm saying that as far as work with his accurate work with your accuracy but be consistent with it you know work with that consistency on the accuracy if you can do that he's gonna I think he's gonna do great um, yeah but yeah he's another one that I expect to get some try expect him to get some tryouts and uh, he's a good guy um, and and I think he's got a lot of potential and. Um, whatever, whatever comes his way. One thing about him, he never gets phased. I, I, I remember speaking to him a few times, uh, after he goes and like, after he's gone into a slump and he's, he's very relaxed, same person, doesn't let it get to him. And that's, you know, that goes a long way with kickers, man, because I tell you, you know, people joke about you have one job, right? You're a kicker. You have one job, but mentally, you know, I've known a few kickers in the past, man, mentally, because of that one job. I mean, it's make it or break it. It's not like if you're a wide receiver, you drop a pass, well, you go out in the next play and you got a shot. With a kicker, you might have one chance in the entire game that can determine right. whether whether or not you win or lose. So that that and, and that's the the strong the strong point about Stevie is he doesn't let things get to him, and that's something I think that can work to his advantage as he tries to play at that next level. Yeah, that, absolutely. There's there's no question about that. You know the the perseverance factor is is huge for for kickers because you have to be able, like you said, if you miss one, you have to be able to shake that off and get get back into your rhythm because you never know when you're you're going to be needed again. Oh yeah, no, hey, look, I mean it's it's amazing because uh, if you're a kicker and you miss a field goal in the second quarter and you end up losing the game by two points, well. You, you never got another chance. I mean, but you missed that field goal in the second quarter. What could have been, right? right. Um, so it's, it's um, you know, everybody jokes about it. Well, you had one job. But, again, kickers, mentally, kickers are probably, that's the one position, I think, on the football field where you have to be extremely mentally tough. Um, yeah. No, absolutely. Because of that, you know. Uh, that's why a lot of times when you see kickers – they go kicking their kicking net. Like if your team is driving with the game on the line and you need to rely on the kicker, you notice the kicker goes in his little corner by himself and practices and everybody leaves him alone. Well, there's a reason for that. Right. Yeah. So, um, yeah. Uh, and, and again, because Stevie's always been very positive, very laid back, very chill. Uh, I think he, you know, in that aspect from a mental side, he's, he's going to be fine. Um, but again, he's just like everybody else. Hopefully, uh, teams see that potential in him and, and he's got a shot to really show off what he can do. Yeah, there's there's no question about that. Draft starts at, I want to say six p.m. tomorrow night on ESPN. Round one tomorrow, rounds two and three on Friday, and four through seven on Saturday. Potentially seven to eight Cajuns going into the NFL this year. Like I said, a lot to be excited about in Cajun Nation. 
because of that. Jerry, we appreciate you joining us as always, and we will talk after the draft and here in the near future. Yeah, absolutely. And I want to say to everybody out there, um, you know, we're going through some tough times right now. Uh, to everybody in, in, in Acadiana and the surrounding areas, uh, stay safe, wash your hands, keep up with the social distancing. I know right now we're at a point where people are asking, man, is it time to go back to work? We got to get back to normal. I know it's tough, but patience is a virtue. And uh, I think at the end of the day, regardless of uh, when that'll happen, hopefully sooner than later, uh, regardless, I think we'll come out stronger. And uh, I just want to tell everybody, all of you who uh, may be looking for an out, like with, with sports or or Raging Cajun Athletics, or, or 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 just, I don't know, walking around the neighborhood. I don't know. Maybe for me, I, I can't tell you how much I appreciate walks around the neighborhood compared to what it was like before, right? Right. Uh, just, just hang in there. Hang in there and, and stay strong. And, and um, you know, we're, we're, we're all suffering through this together. And uh, I just want to wish all my f- family and friends out there around this area. I know some of you are, whether you're being furloughed, laid off. I know some people have been let go. I'm really sorry to say that, but I just, I just wish, wish you the best of luck and, and hopefully everything works out at the end. And, uh, and Matt, I know right now, um, you know, we're both kind of in a position where, you know, we're very blessed at our age, but, uh, it doesn't change the fact that this virus doesn't pick and choose. And so, right. um, just to be just, you know, whether it's you or me or anybody else out there, again, continue to stay safe, continuing, continue following the guidelines and, and, uh, hopefully, and, and we're going to talk about this as time goes on. Um, you know, again, the effect on college sports, uh, I've had the chance to talk to a few people outside of UL at, with other schools associated with other schools. And it's kind of become the big topic right now. I even brought it up on the show with Mike the other day on how college athletics will be affected because, uh, regardless of what happens in the fall, you play games without fans. That's a lot of ticket. That's a lot of money and revenue right. that you lose. So uh, that's a conversation I'd like to get into in the near future. But in the meantime, uh, we've been kind of absent lately, mainly because really outside of Twitter and Facebook, there's really not much to talk about. But uh, we will continue to air some up. Ep- we will air some episodes really soon and um, hopefully bring you some good content, some good quality content from the fans perspective. So uh, Matt, uh, man, so great catching up with you here on Rage and Review. And to all our friends out there in Cajun Nation, we, we thank you guys for listening in. We love y'all, and, and you guys stay safe. And as always, wash your hands. Wash your hands, guys. It's important. No, absolutely. As we always say in Acadiana, this too shall pass. Um, Jerry, like I said, appreciate it. Cajun Nation, follow us on social media. Tune into the draft this weekend, and we'll see you guys very soon.